Looking forward to finding out myself what happened in the weekend just gone in Argentine football. This is Hand of Pod. everybody to the finest English language Argentine football podcast that you will listen to today uh, hopefully this is episode 238 of Hand of Pod my name is Sam Kelly and I'm joined today by English Dan hello and welcome uh, Argentine Tony <laughs> how, how are you and Mexican Jorge hello everybody um, Jorge who do you support and what are you doing here here in Argentina in general and here in this living room at the moment okay. <laughs> I'm supporting Boca Juniors here in Argentina. In Mexico, it's Guadalajara. In Italy, it's Milan. And in England, I don't have a really team, but now I'm I'm going to Tottenham way. Maybe <laughs> I'm converting him. You know, <laughs> you two are colleagues or roommates or yeah, we live in the, in the same uh, building. Oh, okay, welcome. Anyway, thank okay. you, thank you very much. Okay, as usual, we're going to begin with the results from the weekend just gone. Which, because I was very, very, very busy um, over the weekend, I <laughs> haven't seen most of these results, or indeed most of the matches. Uh, Sunday was the only only day on which I managed to catch any football. Really, um, the games went as follows: Sarmiento one, Olimpo one, and Tacheres de Cordoba two. Defensive Noticia nil, both on Friday night. So Tacheres picking up a second straight win. On Saturday, Quilmes beat Lanús 1-0 in Quilmes. Godoy Cruz beat Belgrano 2-0 in Mendoza. Temperley lost at home 1-0 to Independiente. Uh, Colón lost 1-0 at home to Patronato de Paraná. And, uh, oh no, there two more matches on Saturday. In fact, Racing, um, both 1-0 home wins for the Big Five. Racing beat Arsenal and River Plate beat Atletico de Rafaela. On Sunday... Uh, Gimnasia La Plata 1, Huracan 0 Banfield 1, Vélez Sarsfield 0 Rosario Central 0, Newell's Old Boys 1 Thrilling finish to that one yes. uh, Which I did catch Tigre 3, Unión de Santa Fe 1 San Lorenzo 1, Estudiantes de La Plata 2 In a fine match And Atletico Tucumán 2, Boca Juniors 2 And then last night, Monday evening um, we saw, or rather I didn't see, but you might have done if you were watching it, um, a 2-1 away win for San Martín in Mar del Plata against Aldo City. Gents, I basically caught um, a fair bit of the Clásico from Rosario, a fair bit of San Lorenzo Estudiantes, all of Atletico Tucumán Boca, and bits and pieces of the River game. Um, so perhaps you can tell me what your favourite moments of the weekend were. It's got to be Luciano Alwid's rocket shot, which was turned in by by Diego Gonzalez to give Racing their only goal of that one nil win one nil win against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arsenal, I told you. You remember it well, clearly. <laughs> no, I did. I remember the goal. It was an absolute stunner from Luli. But it didn't go to him. I would have just given him the goal because it's Luli and he only scores once every six years, more or less. But 
No, Rasmus probably deserved winners. They had a few more chances to win and and they managed to put it in the back of the net. I think Lisandro Lopez is still on a strange, uncharacteristic dry spell at the moment after having a very good start to the season. Um, Marco Sacconi, of course, the new Argentina international, or he will be once he finally gets Di Maria out of that team. <laughs> uh, he, he was better than he was against uh, against Rafaela last week, so maybe Bowser's not as cursed as we all think it is, because as soon as he turned his eye on Acuna, he started playing like Di Maria. Um, obviously, being racing, it could also have ended up in a draw very easily. Arsenal had a few chances at the end. But, but also, you uh, might think that the racing would have won with a bigger difference. They could have won with a bigger difference if they put the chance away, but since it's racing, they could have also <laughs> lost very easily or drew yeah, at least. Yeah, I, I know that. Because... <laughs> Obviously, you've got to suffer. But it's clearly, the, it's clearly that Arsenal is the worst team they so far. Pretty dreadful, yeah. yeah. Really, really, really not very good. But a win's a win for Racing. I'll take a 1 0 on you. And then I saw one of my favourite non Racing players. <laughs> I'm going to lead you in here, Tony, if you like. Uh, score two, but it wasn't quite enough for Boca. That's uh, Christian Pavon. Mm. Pavon is maybe the, the best Boca player. It's Oh, this year for, yeah. for a lot of difference. Is there any discussion on that? <laughs> yeah, of course. And we we didn't have a lot of goals, which is at some point surprising, but at, at the other hand, with a uh, big amount of games, you, you would suppose that you have a a few cracking games with in terms of goals. Only Tigre and Union, I think, and Boca and Atletico Tucumán had more than the mm. three goals. Yeah, there's a lot of one nils this weekend. Yep. Like, not, I don't think there's any one nil nils, but a lot of very, very tight games. Uh, no nil nils at all. There was a one one. That might have been the only draw, actually. I think it, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. There were no, two draws, draws there, of course. Bocca's 2 yeah. 2 away to Atletico. Um, yeah. Ducuman and Samiento against Olimpo, which was 1 1 the first first match of the weekend. Those were the only draws. Yeah, there were 28 uh, goals in 15 games, so it's, it's a number you will expect in a. In a uh, match day of a uh, twenty teams league. Mm. Not a, a so you can see the average of goals is too low in one well, in this one particularly. I think it was too low. Yeah, indeed. Um, so why? But why can't Boca win away? We were talking about it the other week. I remember when I came on and I said maybe they've been a bit too much, a bit too defensive when they go away from home. But that didn't seem to be the problem this time around. Twelve games now in all competitions. Yeah. What's the ideas? Well, I think it's a bit of a psychological not having the, the support of their supporters and mm-hmm. <laughs> being redundant with that. But, um, it, you know, the, in Argentina, there's a lot of uh, uh, away uh, places that are really tricky to command this one that's really difficult to, to win. You can't win, obviously, because it's not the best team in the league, but you have to work your way. Uh, to to be able to win there, uh, but I think it's more about uh, not being su- not have the, the the support of anyone, even with even when they have the so called neutral fans like against Godoy Cruz, they they weren't incapable to to maintain the lead and and got the three points. I think it's more a psychological thing with Boca. Than anything, they're really, really safe and comfortable in the Moneda, but 
they're not um, capable to to again to maintain a lead and have the, the true points. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, so I could see Rosario. I'm sorry, Central News, and I didn't know how how passionate the match could be. I so you were surprised with the fans? Yes, because in Mexico there is, is, is not like that. You can see, for example, Guadalajara, America, and sometimes it is passionate, uh, passionate game, but not the same, not always. And I could see I was surprised that Central and, and News, sorry, uh, was a, ver uh, a very wild match. <laughs> Now it's with one, just one set of fans, one set of fans in the stadium. Imagine yeah. what's like when both sets. Yeah, that will be a war. <laughs> it's um, eight years next month since Newell's last beat Central as well. It would have been um, eight years next. Precisely, month. yeah. It was it was coming up to it um, <laughs> when Maxi Rodriguez in the third minute of stoppage time. Um, it was a wonderfully worked goal. <laughs> Clearly. Thought out on the training ground. Or a pinball um, machine, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, corner taken and, and knocked down by, I can't even remember who, and Maxi himself raced onto the knockdown from his own corner to uh, slot it home and, and send Newells into raptures. The only sort of 20 people in the stadium who were celebrating were the yeah. Newells players and technical staff. Plus uh, the guy in his home, I don't know if you've seen the video, it's like a whole group of Newells fans sitting in their living room and like, watching the game and then the goal goes in they all go mental the guy just starts running out of his house and doing laps around the patio and stuff screaming at the top of his head I wonder the length of that place yeah I've got it I've got it <laughs> I will show you um, yeah it, mean, it means a lot to him you know mm. and, and eight years not winning a derby and I what's that with uh, Racing as well they won a bit more often against Independiente but very few times um, away from home let's say and last November or December we managed to do it against uh, in a Copa Libertadores playoff and it was very very sweet so I can understand and then again to, to come up with the point we, we, we had when we did the preview if you remember it's, it was how important it will be Teo Gutierrez in, in Rosario Central and still yeah. not being there to call it the way it's yeah. like it's Central playing with 10 um, players instead of 11 and you will think that that's, uh, a player of the caliber of, of Teo Gutierrez uh, will start to, to make his uh, mark um, in, a, in a Classico, but that didn't happen. Made a few touches and that was all. And, and again, I think it's important to Rosario Central to have a, another striker besides uh, Ruben to, 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 to score, you know? So what's happening with Teo in Central? Because I've watched very little Central, I must admit, this year. Is he just not fitting into the team, or has he not been playing? Like, yeah, I think what's, he's, what's the story? I, I think he's, just he's struggling to fit into the side. Um, yeah. And it's not helping that they've obviously, by and large, the whole team has, has, has had a big sort of drop-off in their performance mm -hmm. compared with the last, what, 18 months or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure that he's the, the right sort of fit. I mean... Mm -hmm. You would think that alongside Marco Ruben, he, he, that, that would make a good duo. Mm. Um, think so. Ruben's very good operating sort of in, in the box, in and around the box, to coin a cliche. Um, and, and Teo likes to pull out to the flanks, likes to play as maybe a little bit more of a second striker. They ought to dovetail nicely, uh, but for whatever reason they're not doing. And it is a little bit confusing, particularly when you've got, you know, Lo Celso, obviously 
was injured for no suspended sorry yeah, for, for the classic role, but yeah, in, the, in the season as a whole you've got him providing well, like, stuff for them and you know um, yeah and, and, and he should be doing better um, but it's tail so you never it's know true. where his head is you, you know, might where just turn around in three games and score 20 goals like, yeah they, they should be there. happy this time given that it was a classic goal that he didn't put a gun on anybody so so we've so we've had we don't know <laughs> maybe they're hashing it up yeah and, oh, sorry, you meant, uh, yeah, maybe the Central have kept it hush hush yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. it maybe not having happened yeah, at Racing, because it definitely did. Yeah. Um, and so now, can we call them news, the new Central? Or is that tag for San Lorenzo? Is it for Estudiantes now? Like, who is the new Central? Well, it's not Estudiantes, because Estudiantes are top of the league. This is um, <laughs> After a very, very impressive 2 1 win away to San Lorenzo in who a. Were the new Central? I don't know if a tremendous match. Um, San Lorenzo have been playing very well. Mm. They went into the not into the match. In fact, um, they didn't, the match when it kicked off wasn't second against first, but it was at the start of the weekend. Newell's win uh, against Central took place right before kick off of San Lorenzo Estudiantes, and meant that when the match kicked off, Newell's were actually top of the table temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I was very impressed with Estudiantes because. San Lorenzo have got some tremendous momentum behind them they're going great guns in, in three competitions the league as well as the Copa Argentina and the Copa Sudamericana um, and are, are playing well as well as just getting good results they've you know as we mentioned last week you've got Emmanuel Amas in the in the national side you've got uh, now with the latest call up Julio Buffarini in the national team lots of people saying Fernando Bellucci should be um, and I think Balsa said today that if even have um, for, calls for Martin Cauterucci yeah, maybe a little bit more ambitious, but I mean, I, I, I think that Bowser said earlier Zero today. Bowser said earlier. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. So, but I've seen so Lorenzo ambitious that they had to. I've to seen. I swear, I've seen San Lorenzo fans right there. Nah, we need Bolucci, we need Buffarini, we need Cantaruccia. And Bowser mm. said earlier today that if mm. um, Paolo Di Valle doesn't recover from his injury, then Bolucci will probably be called up. So. I with Valerio. What, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, Di Valle went out, then that would. Why not a striker? Valerio's more of the sort of penalty box player isn't he so I don't know whether he sees I think he sees Dybala more as that sitting in that in that line of, of three before the Robert Bellucci can play um, so he's maybe thinking more about uh, in his own mind replacing like for like but I mean okay Bellucci's 33 so he's yeah. not exactly the future well, so of the Argentine national team but he's, he's earning his place um, yeah, yeah. on current form and Estudiantes came along and said well you have to get past us if you're gonna and if you're gonna look really impressive. And you know, I mean, I, I have to say that Estudiantes maybe aren't quite as, as entertaining to watch as San Lorenzo. Or I didn't think I'd be saying this at this stage, but Newell's um, certainly not as entertaining to watch as River, who score as many as they concede or vice versa. Um, but uh, they are better, <laughs> quite undeniably. They're supremely balanced. Um, and Claudio Vivas has matured tremendously as a manager since the. Fist fight with the Quilmes fan. Yeah, I remember that. Never saw Vivas, sorry, yeah, you're quite right. Um, since the fist fight with the Quilmes fan that's already sacked there, he's, 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 you know, after a year, as uh, I was reading an interview with, with him uh, in the La Nacion website earlier today, and uh, Seba Veron made the point that after a year managing Estudiantes reserves, he basically seemed to have sort of changed something in his head. He's matured a bit and he's, uh, he's getting to grips with things, and um, he looks like a very promising Well, they know each other enough. Mm. To, to know that you know they which, were which made to why, the of course yeah which is which is why Veron obviously is the president of Estudiantes for any new listeners um, felt able to you know felt confident in him to give him the job 
No, the US has got an incredible record this year. I think the whole of 2016 in the league at least, he's only lost two games. Yeah, they've lost three in all competitions this year. Yeah. Um, one of which obviously was the Sudamericana against yeah. Belgrano. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not in the Copa Argentina, so it might be... They the lost with the Yeah. Oh, in penalties, I think. Oh, in, okay, on penalties. So, yeah, there you go. So, it's, it's two in the league, which obviously we're both in the Torneo de Transición because they've not lost yet this season in the league. Um, Doing very, very well. And particularly bearing in mind that these two matches, the, the one against San Lorenzo on Sunday and the one against Central the previous weekend, were both with the second-choice goalkeeper uh, because yeah. the thingy... Andujar. Andujar, thank you, is injured. Um, so, so far... But they could look good. I can't remember his name. Losada. Noel Losada. Um, one to watch, I think. Mm-hmm. Although I can't remember. You're talking about the future? <laughs> 23, 24, something like that. Maybe. Young enough, <laughs> you know? Let's Google it quickly. Yes, he's 23. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, for a goalkeeper, spring chicken still. One impressed <laughs> me against Racing the other week was a uh, gymnasia keeper. I think he's called Arias. Something Arias. Mm-hmm. He stopped every fucking thing. It was incredible. That, that was a fun game. The Arias that was in the defensive this year? Mm, Martin he's got, Arias. Martin Arias. Ah, okay, okay. He's got two surnames. I remember the, the commentators pointing that out gleefully and laughing. I can't remember the others. Legally, <laughs> mean, Le- 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 having... got two surnames. You know, like, they have both of them on the birth certificate, don't you? No. You just don't tend to use both of them. I thought that was the unusual bit. Mm, I don't think they have. That's, that's a more a recent change. Because I remember that coming in yeah. when uh, maybe a few years ago while Christina yeah. was the president. Well, elsewhere in Latin America it's like that and in yeah. Spanish-speaking countries, but here I don't think it is. Anyway. Moving on anyway to other big five teams. Um, we sort of went over Boca rather quickly. It was an entertaining game and as we say they're struggling away from home. But Pavon, again, as Dan mentioned, one of one of Dan's favourite um, non-racing players I, I think we should maybe give him a little bit more credit because if it hadn't been for his performance Boca might have lost the two very 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 early goals uh, one in the first half and one in the second yeah. um, I wonder how a lot Boca this year especially in Libertadores mm. carrying the team um, it's it's a really talented player that's not getting uh the time he deserves because you know Marquis signings and stuff. Mm. Oh, there's a lot of strikers in. Yeah, well, there's a lot of strikers. At least Valla had the decency to free up a spot for him, you know, by smoking in the dressing room. Yep. Sorry, God. But Pavon needs to, to start every game for Boga, like clearly. Mm. Otherwise, they are lost. They try to change things in the tactics by putting Benedetto alone up front, all with Tevez. Tevez being more. Um, you know, dip down in, in the field yeah, and, and stuff, but okay. they're not getting the the the. Is the Benedetto win. injured? Sorry, Benedetto was injured for um, for Sunday's game, so they sort of switched to a more of a, it was like a four three three really. But Tevez supposedly at the focal point, but um, I think the big problem I see with Boca is there's like very little creation coming out of the midfield. Like you have kind of Pablo Perez that doesn't really give you that much. Bentancur who was dreadful on Sunday but I, I imagine he can be better but he's more of a defensive player as well and yeah. I can't remember who else is Perez uh, Perez the other guy Sorry. in the middle would be oh, whoever it is 
Pablo Perez, Sebastián Perez, and Sebastián Perez, who's also playing like way back. He's a very good player, but he's playing way back. You've got like three number fives who just don't really give anything to the attack. So yeah. it means the fullbacks have to push forward all the time, and that means Boca leave a lot of space behind on the flanks. And it's kind of a very disjointed team, and it doesn't really have to be like that. They kind of they need someone who can. You can go box to box in midfield, I think. That's, well, the question really is lacking. actually the, the, the real problem with Luka. Uh, I remember talking to to, to you on Sam, and uh, in the game with Godoy Cruz, that Guillermo Barros Aguilato opted to to play Centurion in the middle, is on, on on a flank mm. when he's not actually a number ten. He could be creative and create chances, but he's more of a winger. Uh, that was during um, Tevez's suspension. Suspension, yeah. And that's the thing with Luka, I think. Um, Maybe they struggle a bit in defensive um, work, but it, that's training round stuff. But if you don't have a, a, a tactic to, to help you to create chances, you're, you're clearly not what, winning games. What's the idea of Barros Keloto with Boca? How I, play? I, I How think he, he wants to, to play like, like Lanús, try to with a 4-3-3, but they don't have any creative players, yeah. exactly. And it's interesting because Pablo Perez is... is stepped up I think superbly this season he's looked better than I've ever seen him and he's also been getting booked much less I don't think he's been sent because, off yet I mean exactly yeah, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> wow. it's like as, as long term listeners will be aware his Twitter middle name in Argentina is Amarisha yellow because uh, he gets booked in so many games and there was a thing with him uh, like three weeks ago or four weeks ago where he said to one of the um, the TV cameras that um, Barros Eccolotto had sat him down and had said you need to stop getting booked because it's costing the team And it's like, on the one hand, Guillermo Barrasecolotto is telling you to be better disciplined. This is something to be concerned with. <laughs> on the other hand, he's like 29 or 30 years old. Why didn't he think of this before? Uh, Why, oh, hang on a second. Uh, If I stop being an idiot, then maybe I won't get booked as often I won't be suspended. Um, but bizarrely, that sort of taking away that aggressive side of his game has, has seemed to bring out everything else he's so more it's like, like liberated exactly it's yeah. as if it's it's the reverse of the Roy Keane cliche you can't take that side out of his game it turns out with Pablo Perez that you actually can so uh, now if you better. just tell Centurion to stop crashing cars and sending naked pictures of himself and concentrate on the game he's going to become the next Messi naked pictures of himself This good you know supposedly there were naked pictures when he was in Sao Paulo but no. they're still naked pictures <laughs> it's the same it's the same guy Uh, the remaining two of the big five, who we've not really talked about yet, are uh, Independiente, first of all. We'll get them out of the way now, since we're in the yeah. Racing fans' living room. Cheats. Rip the plaster off straight away. Um, who won with a 92nd minute own goal from Adrian Arregui on Helped Saturday on against Tempele. I have not seen a single moment of this match, including the goal, so gents, one of you please tell me something about the game. It was a pretty tight game. Both teams could have won it, and... The goal was a little bit questionable. Do, we have, do we have a non-Racing fans opinion? I can't remember who <laughs> jumped with the well, keeper, I, I, but there was a fairly blatant foul. To the non-Racing fan is going to say that um, Independiente started the, the season quite mm. uh, promising, mm. let's, let's call it in a way, but it's lost in, in the, the ways of, of Milito. Um, well, yeah, the goal was controversial, if you want to, to call it. Um... But Evanita needs to 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 be more confident. I think they're they're not um, playing in in the potential that they have, and they started to to show at the beginning of the season. 
mainly because of I think um, pressure, mm-hmm. especially from what Rossin did in the last years, and they are really uh, striving for results no matter the the ways. And I think they should believe in Milito because he's clearly a capable uh, mm-hmm. coach. Clearly, um, I'm not saying that he's Pep Guardiola because clearly he's <laughs> not, but he's capable to, to take a team and do do good stuff, you know. And they like many times uh, we depend on the others trying to, to to crash with all the pressure and you know the fans being too too eager to get all the results them out of the ways. And this this thing was what happened, you know. They had to play Tampa which is clearly a winnable game from Independiente, but it had to, to be lucky to get a 1-0 result. The result's the main thing, especially after the previous week where they lost, was it 2-0 at home to Atletico Tucumán, I want to say. Yeah, um, they were the lost 2-0. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's a point of course. season, and I think, was it? No, that's wrong. Yeah, It's important to get a result, of course, but, yeah, you know, the... They, tr- they stumble upon that they're, they're being nervous you know mm. to, to get that result and r- it could be a uh, boring nil-nil or uh, a tight nil-nil and it will be the same even if they lost indeed uh, another very tight match was River Plate's game um, against Atletico de Rafaela at home in Monumental also a week after they had suffered their first defeat of the season, obviously, away to Patronato the previous mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, oh, and this is something that ties in quite nicely, Fab, because obviously Patronato extended their historical head-to-head against River. We didn't mention that last <laughs> week, but they did. Uh, well, they played four times, and Patronato have won three. Really? River have won yep. one. Yeah. The, the three, all three times that they played in Parana, twice in the, the B Nacional. Obviously, that was one and one, one win aside. And since Patronato came up to the Primera, the... the the two matches that they've played uh, against River have both been in Parana and they've won both. Oh, there you go. Um, although, actually, in fact, the one in the Bay Nacional, was it you who put me up on this, Tony, when I said it a couple of weeks ago, but somebody else pointed out That's to me that, um, that the uh, that Patronato's home game in the Bay Nacional wasn't actually in Parana. It was played in the old stadium or Central Stadium. Uh, Santa Fe. Oh, in Santa Fe, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Patronato extended their, their historical head-to-head against River to 3-1 yeah. from four matches. And um, some uh, Atletico Tucumán have maintained their historical head-to-head against Boca. Yep. Because that's something like 8-7 mm-hmm. with four or five draws or something. Um, but anyway, back to River this week. Um, they've got a 1-0 win over Atletico de Rafaela through a rather heavily deflected free kick from Andres D'Alessandro with 12 minutes to go. The free kick was about the only point at which I actually looked up from my computer because I was frantically working all afternoon on Saturday. Um, happened to look at the TV just as he took it and it hit the net. Um, so I'm hoping that one of you can tell me something about the game. <laughs> I think the game was only tight in the sense that River didn't manage to put away about five or six de- decent chances, if I remember right. Like mm-hmm. They could have won it a lot easier than they did. Uh, it just made a meal of it, but pretty much like Racing, to be honest. We also came off uh, off a defeat last week against Rafaela. I think it's a similar kind of situation. You lose your first game of the season. There's a little bit of nerves. You're always kind of very eager to put things right. Maybe a little bit too over enthusiastic, and that's when the chances can slip away. Mm. Plus, Drusi's still out, right? 
The gold machine Drusi. River had. No, Drusi was playing, apparently. Uh, yeah, like, play, yeah, alongside Alaria. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Can you say this River played this? This is um, goal scoring dawn finish. That's it. Sorry, Jorge. Sorry, Jorge. Can you say River played this in the same way as Independiente? Uh, decreasing uh, its I, level? I think they have a little bit of sort of. I mean, yes, they, in, in terms of the level they're at, I think maybe the problem for them is, is slightly the opposite, because whereas Independiente's main issue, I think, seems to be scoring enough goals to make the, the pressure tell it in mm-hmm. some matches. Rivers has, has been, with the exception of this weekend, where they mm-hmm. kept a clean sheet for a change, has been that they've conceded too many. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, at different ends of the pitch, I guess they are having the same problem in the nerve or whatever I guess a lot of the time and obviously in this case it was um, slightly uncharacteristic of River that they actually managed to keep a clean sheet on Sunday <laughs> well because Rafael doesn't score very often lately yeah. uh, it, it will be uh, uh, from the free this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's that's what what's uh, what I want to say that you you see a 1-0 between River and Rafael and you will think that that game was playing in Rafael Mm. We do, you know. Yeah, but we wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. River. Because the the page in the, in the Monumental de Rafaela, <laughs> it's really, really little, and you you will think in a close game instead of very open one. Absolutely. Um, elsewhere in the league, away from the big five, um, Tigre versus Union, I guess, would have been the most eye-catching match, but for the fact that it was played at the same time as everybody was watching the Clásico Rosarino. So no, I was really this is it was a, a fun one because um, uh, I I have a friend uh, who I share uh, a few times in Cordoba when I was studying uh, communication. He said on Twitter uh, early in the morning that it will be a good day, but he knows that Chino Luna will um, score to call it <laughs> simply, you know, to be suitable for work. And he did. Yeah, and I mean when, when I saw that the score and. and uh, was surprised because at half time Union was winning one nil. Um, I've, I've just looked at the times and you're right with 15 minutes to go. Can you ask him? Yeah. Tomorrow, what's going to come out in the Quiniela? <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to, to ask him about the, the numbers. Um, but yeah, I was, I was surprised. I said, "Oh, he was right." I actually, fake the tweet, so I'm going to look it up. <laughs> but yeah, Tigre did a very good comeback, and it's it's typical with Tigre. Tigre, uh, especially playing at home, he could be really disastrous and lost four nil. And they could remember they have to win, and they do at home in the span of 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's pretty typical for Tigre. If you Tigre. want to see near-guaranteed goals um, this season in a relatively low-scoring season, uh, then, well, River and Estudiantes are probably the two best teams to watch River because they, as I said earlier, attack and concede lots of goals as well in Estudiantes because they're so solid and will almost always score. Um, but Tigre are probably the third best team to watch because they've scored 10 which is fewer than some other clubs but conceded 9 so yep. guaranteed mayhem at both ends with Tigre by the look of it at the moment well there are only uh, 6 teams of the 30 they have more than 10 goals yeah. so far one is Tigre um, elsewhere Santiago Silva got a the only goal of the game against one of his 573 ex-clubs yep. uh, to help Banfield to a 1-0 win over Vélez-Sarsfield. With Vélez away fans present. I think it's worth saying. Oh, they were, Made, they? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. They weren't happy, uh, I guess. No, they weren't <laughs> particularly happy. They were, yeah, they were there. And, and then this, fans in... Um, they weren't, no. I thought they might have been, which is a shame for my for my father-in-law, 
because he's a San Martin and Tucumán fan and a Boca fan. He will be perfect, but yeah. He wasn't able to. And they got the result. Yeah, I would have loved it. It would have burnt a few cars out there, like broken a few windows. <laughs> That's what they did to I hope, I hope this recording is not here uh, by a police or something. <laughs> Just <laughs> in case. <laughs> um, it's a good fact. <laughs> but this weekend as well, they're, they're sort of coming, uh, coming back in drabs and drove the be away fans so now Racing mm. fans are going to be able to go to La Plata to play Estudiantes and eh, another game on Saturday we'll also have away fans or possibly Lanus Tigre yeah there were, there were rumors about oh. Atlético Rafael Colón because of the proximity yeah. but there won't be oh, any away fans no I wouldn't have thought Gimnasia Racing because there's a bit of overlap uh, with Racing fans leaving. Yeah. yeah. That would be nice. Ah, oh, but it'll be the same as even. Ah. It's so Some good. Other at, game anyway. They're so good at organising these things. They let um, away fans go from Racing, so they're going to leave about 6 o'clock, just when Independiente are kicking off. <laughs> That's perfect. It's a long way away, obviously, the Independiente Stadium, but still, there is a slight chance they might. Uh, they will, they they might they will, they will find a way to cross, to cross yeah, yeah. a path and for do mayhem. Yeah. You were saying Diego Melita? The other um, thing that we should say, I mentioned last week that it was going to be interesting to see how Patronato um, <coughs> performed at the weekend, given that they had just got their first win of the season, when we were recording last week, of course, the, by beating River, would they be able to hold that level of concentration for, you know, a less big game, with, with no disrespect meant to Colón? Uh, and they did, they managed a 1-0 win away to Colón, so having taken six matches to get their first victory... They then got two in a row, so well done, Patronato. Well done also to Tacheres through Jonathan Menendez and Sebastián Palacios, who got a 2 0 win over Defensive Justicia to get their yes, second. They're not unlucky anymore like they were in the first matches. Yeah. They yeah. should have won a few more. To go yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's Palacios on Lime from Boca. Boca. Yeah. yeah. They could do it. I always like For the Salis agreement, I guess. Uh, I suppose. Yeah, part yeah. payment. Um, Anyway, we're going to refill our glasses, and when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about, I don't know, we'll find something to talk about and answer, answer a few listeners' questions, so don't go away. about the Copa Argentina and one or two other things because the Copa Argentina has a bit of a schedule at least for the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, it comes out in dribs and drabs as people who attempt to follow it will be aware but we have now completed the 16th of final mm. uh, oh sorry that we've completed the 8th the, of, the of final yep. uh, and we have um, as uh, people who were listening a couple of weeks ago will be aware the 8th of final were completed after the 16th of uh, the quarterfinals had already started um, because San Lorenzo's last 16 game was played after the first quarter-final that took place. Racing's two. By the way, please do not do what somebody did a few weeks ago and write in to tell me that eighths of final and sixteenths of final aren't proper English. I know that. I am English. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. 
Um, someone actually writing to some, somebody tweeted in to correct me on that one. Obviously, <laughs> having presumably not listened to an episode of Hand of Pod before, um, it's because they can't see your joke. No, yeah, the, the size I'm currently holding up. Um, so we have a schedule for the next two of the quarterfinals. Belgrano have already beaten Juventud Unida de Entre Rios. Guanajuato, to be exactly. De Guanajuato, thank you. Um, and yes, that is a real place now. Um, <laughs> Very nice place as well. Really? I would recommend visiting if you're in Argentina. Relaxing. Especially, especially in February with the, relaxing, the carnival. Relaxing, not so relaxing carnival, but the rest of the year. I've never been. Um, I've been to Carnaval in Guadalajara. River um, playing this Thursday against Unión de Santa Fe in the quarterfinals, and Rosario Central versus Boca takes place on the second of November, which is going to be next Wednesday, isn't it? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so so didn't argue about the kickoffs this time that uh, Rosario are going to kick off at eight, and maybe Boca at ten. They're both going to kick off at the same time. They did. No, no they, 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 <laughs> they. I, I read some kickoffs, complaining, but they did earlier on, and they in fact yeah. showed a video of it. Uh, no, I'm saying it'd be funny if like, Rosario kicked off the game at one time, and then Boca kind of came in an hour later because they couldn't work out. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. They wanted more rest time. Um, but yeah, Rosario Central's vice president um, today, just a few hours ago, the draw was done for the. <laughs> to decide the referee and they do it by putting a load of balls in a bag and, and then drawing one out um, and the vice president asked whether he apparently, could feel the balls apparently. first <laughs> they feel the heat no they do they video it uh-huh. there's, there's video of it and he asked whether he could feel the balls to see whether any of them had been cooled or warmed up before being put in um, and he then went outside and told all the television journalists and, and news journalists that um, he, he'd forgotten that they were they, that they were filming it. And blah, blah. I mean, it's a standard thing; they always film the draws. He knew that he was being filmed. He was just playing to the crowd, basically, right. trying to yeah, like, sure. get some points at the central. Uh, yeah, fans, sure. yeah, yeah. And my way here, um, I was in a club. Uh, I listened to to a radio show. Don't want to know which one. And the the the, um, the president of the committee of referees were saying that he understands that the Rosario Central Vice President want to, to fill up the balls. <laughs> I know it sounds strange to fill the balls, but uh, I understand the, the the need because of the, the, the record of Rosario Central with the referees, which yeah. is strange to, to, to say from the, the leader of yes, the referees. You know? to like, we know we are uh, biased. And, and I mean, a nicer way to do it might be to just establish some protocols by which you know, both teams have to be perfectly okay and give their okay to use that set of balls before the draw or something like that. But, you know. Well, yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, River versus Union is taking place in Mar del Plata on Thursday night, as I said, and Central against Boca, which is going to be next Wednesday, is being played in Cordoba. Mm-hmm. Um, Gimnasia versus San Lorenzo, that's Gimnasia La Plata, just in case you're wondering if there was a lower league team still in the cup, there isn't. Um, Gimnasia versus San Lorenzo is the other quarterfinal and it has not been scheduled yet because... Argentina. Um, so that's the Copa Argentina update for now. Uh, so there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams left in it. Um, Just for um, completed, the winner of uh, Central and Boca will face Belgrano, and the winner of Gimnasia and San Lorenzo will face the winner of River and Union. Okay. Thank you for that, Ty. Because no that was one thing that I hadn't uh, thought of. So it could right. be Boca Juniors and River Plate. In the semi-finals. Yes, yep. of course, yeah, because they keep them in separate halves, don't they, all the time. So, yeah. Um, anything else to add? Don't think so. Brilliant. I like a short episode, especially because I'm supposed to be getting back some wine with my girlfriend in a minute. Oh, how cute. So, let's <laughs> move on to this question. 
Chris Hartley uh, asked the first question, which was, can he do the mystical predictions um, for this week? And the answer was yes. So he has sent them in, and I'll be reading them out very shortly. Uh, Tom Robinson asks one for Dan, I think, this one. How is harassing prospect Valenzuela doing at Nueva Chicago? No, I was asking myself the same thing the other day, but I didn't actually go to the trouble of, of finding out. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest. I don't think he's played that much. No uh, stone unturned at Underpod. No, the, the Wonder Kid. It, it was interesting because, obviously, this guy, Valenzuela, he was kind of marked out as being the Santiago Messi. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of videos came out on YouTube of him you know, taking defences to pieces when he was in... Uh, the Sexta División, which is under 16? Yes. Under yeah. yeah, 15 years old is Sexta, I think. Yeah, 15. Um, yeah. Also, just to clarify, because obviously we have a lot of listeners who aren't familiar with Argentine provinces or Spanish language, Santiago is somebody from Santiago del Estero. Mm-hmm. Carry on now. Uh, so he was very good then, and then he came up to Quinta as well, um, under 17s, and he was doing really well there. Everyone thought he was going to be the, the best thing since last bread. And then what I've heard is in, in the reserve team, he, he just sort of didn't really progress. Uh, he had some problems with the contract as well. You know, the typical agent that started filling his head with ideas that he should be earning millions even before playing a single first team match. So I think that affected him. Um, what else can we say? Well, to and, be yeah, basically just there are youth players who were very good at a young age against against kids and then once they start playing against men because obviously if you're playing in the reserves you're playing against seasoned professionals you just don't get them I remember seeing him uh, pre-season he played in one of the summer tournament games against Independiente and, and laid on an assist and he played well but Sava at the time decided that he wasn't going to oh you remember Sava I remember Sava <laughs> I like Sava uh, Sava decided at the time that he wasn't going to um, wasn't going to have him in his first team squad he did another stint in the reserves and he ended up going back down to the Quinta because uh, he wasn't imposing himself much there and yeah and then Savar again before this season started uh, sent off to Chicago on a, on a one year line so perhaps in in the National Levere if he's actually playing which I'm sure we'll find out in a second he mm-hmm. might get it together but it's always hard you know especially in that kind of position um you know, you're always going to get really early comparisons with Messi, and they're very, really helpful. He has, according to the website mismarcadores.com, mm-hmm. uh, punto is Spanish for dot, so mismarcadores.com. Um, I'm not really sure how reliable this website is, I have to say, but it's the only place that I could find any statistics. Um, <laughs> he has played a total of 85 minutes so oh. far this season, and indeed this year, pretty much, in competitive games at least. Um, for Nueva Chicago, he played 33 minutes against Douglas Haig, um, which is a person, not a, te- a team, not a person, sorry. And he played 52 minutes against Almagro, and that last second match was on the 16th of this month, so that's a week and a half ago. Um, so he's not going to get as much playing time as Racing probably hoped he would be when they loaned him out. And the last game, he wasn't even called up, no. which is ominous. Unused sub for. One, two, three, four of the last seven matches, but against Bisha Dalmine um, earlier today, 
he has not been called up. Yep. Or was not called up. There we go. Um, We're getting to Chicago themselves are, are doing really well in the Bay Nationale. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, in a way, it, it's, he's struggling to get into a, a team yeah. that were flying. It's not as if he's struggling to get into a team that were flying at the end of the Premier season as well, yeah. if we remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but equally, Racing would have been hoping for a lot more playing time for him, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Tom also asks, Is there are there any other Bibes kids who are rated higher than him at Racing? Down? Yeah, there's a guy, uh, Lautaro Martinez, who has actually made the jump into their first team. He came on on Saturday, I think he came on for Lisandro because Lisandro had a bit of a muscle problem. But he's, he's alright for Saturday, don't worry kids. <laughs> We're alright. Uh, and he's looked pretty good. He's again very raw, and he does some good things. But then he just goes too long with the ball. But he's more of a second striker, not so much of a number ten. And he looks to have quite a lot of quality. I think the problem is there's always a lot of kids at Racing, but in the last couple of years they've had a lot of trouble getting through because Racing have a very big squad, and they've always brought a lot of players. Ever since uh, we had that brilliant um, group. Which included Vieto, Zuccolini, Centurion, De Paul, uh, Farina, and kind of all those guys got sold in it. And it sort of, you know, ironically enough, held the academy back because that brought so much money into the club that they were able to go out and buy 20 kind of already well, they established have a, players. A really yeah. good training ground, the Dita. Oh, yeah. A, I've been to the Dita and it's fantastic, and they always. They're always competitive at reserve level, at quinta level, sexta level. They're always kind of up there for the title. But it does seem a bit of a problem um, about bringing, bringing these guys through, which, which hasn't really helped uh, the, the Racing Academy very much. We'll have to see what Zielinski thinks of the whole thing. And we know that um, in Belgrano he, he helped bring uh, Zala Rashan in and Franco Vasquez. Uh, yeah, he knows how to, to, to bring uh, yeah. the youngsters the, the into the first team, yeah. But also, obviously, you're working with different budgets. So maybe now he's got the chance to spend a, whole, a load of money on pretty average 20-odd, 30-odd players. He'll do it, like every other racing coach. <laughs> Let's see. Courageous Coward asks, ¿Creen que estudiantes aguantarán a punta? Do we think estudiantes are going to... Be able to stay top of the league. Hold on to the point. I'm going to go for yes on that one. Well, yes, as long January doesn't seem to take off many of the players they have. Yeah, the big thing for Estudiantes is uh, when is the first league going to come? Because it's going to come in a in a championship of 30 games. They yeah. have to lose, um, and that's going to um, be the big kind of the big test for them yeah. when they lose a game and they. They kind of lose this this amazing winning streak that I saw earlier. They're 18 games without defeat in the league, mm. and just to see how they regroup, I'd love to. I'd love for them to find out this Saturday because they're playing Racing. <laughs> but after that, they've got to go to Aruba. I can't remember who they've got in the other game, but that's you know, well, well, including Central and San Lorenzo. They've got kind of four games now, which are really, really quite tough. Yeah, obviously they've won two of those already. If they can they come out of that unbeaten or with four wins even. The January break can be a factor to yeah. independent oh, yeah. students, I'm sorry. After Racing and River, they have Cologne at home, which the way Cologne are playing this season might not be an easy... I would expect them to win because they're at home, but it, might, it won't be an easy win. Um, and then away to Banfield, at home to Tacheres. So from sort of 
twelfth round onwards, it starts to get a little bit easier again, maybe. But um, playing Colón and then playing Julio Cesar Falcioni is Banfield. Yeah. It, obviously, it's not quite as difficult as Racing followed by River, but it's not uh, easy going either. Right. So, we shall so see. it's going to be these two matches and then followed by their reaction yeah. to see if they're really uh, championship material. But for me, I think that they can certainly be looking now to sort of the end of the um, of this half of the season, which is going to be in. I'm guessing four or five rounds time maybe so what round 14 is going to be the, the last one of round of, of 2016 maybe um, and they're going to be there or thereabouts I think for them um, Courageous Coward also asks this time in English will Central's loss in the Clásico carry over to the Copa Argentina match against Boca different matches really uh, I don't think Central are going to be lacking any motivation to, to beat Boca after what happened in last year's Copa Argentina which and was. now um, they lost the final with a very, very questionable penalty decision. Yeah, and um, by questionable, I mean ridiculous, borderline, yeah. <laughs> borderline criminal. Um, well, uh, I think the the Copa Argentina is a very, very different competition mm. than the Primera, and you can see with with the teams, they are not in this edition. I think. Well, maybe the the, the Belgrano and Rion are the example of that. That you can be lucky with winning the penalties, maybe holding to a draw. It's quite different the Copa Argentina than, than, than the Primera, and, and it's quite clear with the not maybe the teams that get to the finals because technically uh, all the Copa Argentina winners have big budgets. I think the only Huracan was the exception. Yeah. But there are a few teams that can carry a, a, a good form in the Copa without. Oh, sorry, Arsenal won it in 2012. Well, you can question. 2012, 2013. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but maybe maybe you, not as big. Was the, the first, the first one? The, yeah, yeah. But you can have a, a really bumpy ride in the in the Primera and have a good run in the Copa. It's mm-hmm. not really unlikely to happen. Plus, the advantage for Central is that they're going to be playing Boca, not in Boca, and that means they've at least got a draw out of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I expect the the fifty fifty crowd in Cordoba. Well, the yeah. Boca neutral stadia aren't as bad as they are in away stadia. Uh, as it were, it's not just away from La Monera because obviously they have been advancing in the Copa Argentina. Yeah. The um, eleven games without a win away from home that I mentioned earlier is uh, in specifically in away games, not in in neutral grounds because obviously they've they've won like three Copa Argentina games in in that time. Um, that was some penalties. That's right. Yeah, that's true. One of them was on penalties. Um, we're now going to play some mystical theme music and when you come back you're going to hear Mystic, who did I say earlier? Mystic Chris Chris Hartley's uh, predictions for the matches for the weekend to come so don't go away. Okay, Mystic Chris's predictions for this weekend are as follows. He thinks that Patronato are going to get a third straight win at home to Banfield. He's going for Quilmes to beat Belgrano away from home. Um, Estudiantes versus Racing is a draw. Independiente will beat Gimnasia La Plata in Avellaneda. Beles against Tacheres is going to be a Tacheres win. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Godoy Cruz against Alvocibi is going for a draw in Mendoza. Um, Arsenal against River he's going for a River win Olimpo against Atletico Tucumán he thinks is a draw Boca versus Tempele home win 
Um, oh, that's all I can, I think, against Rassing. Um, he's going for no, Rassing. No, it could oh, be Central. Oh, sorry, I was thinking Rassing. Um, for Uracan against Rosario uh, Central, he's going for a Central victory. Lanus against Tigre, he thinks will be a Lanus win. San Lorenzo to beat Newell's old boys away from home. Oof. Ooh. That, we'll see, we'll have to see the momentum. <laughs> it's going to be uh, third versus second, isn't it? And they're yeah. separated by... Oh, no. Fifth. Sorry, Newell's are now... Fifth is San Lorenzo and, mm. and second is... And the gap is, what, three points now, isn't it? Because San Lorenzo lost to Newell's yeah, one. Yeah, three, three points, yeah. Um, so that's a, a, probably the big match of the weekend. Defensive was DC against San Martin de San Juan. He's going for a draw, and he's also going for a draw in Union de Santa Fe versus Sarmiento de Junín. What do we think uh, yeah, of those predictions, gents? The San Lorenzo one, I tend to disagree <laughs> on you because, more than anything, because uh, San Lorenzo are playing in the sort of Americano this week, right? Yes. They are they do on tomorrow. I've got a feeling that. Thursday. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Thursday. to. Uh, Palestino. Thank you, Palestino and Chile. So it's not a particularly yeah. long trip by South American standards, but it is an away trip. But I've got a feeling that three point, uh, five points behind the leaders, they put everything out against Palestino and probably rest a few players on the Sunday because with the Copa Argentina as well, like there's well, only so much they can do. I with think the plus the, they're in the Libertadores. Yeah, and they're already in the Libertadores. Yeah. We'll have to see how tactically plays out. It's yeah. a re- really defensive team to call Mules mm. in a way because we all know how Otsela works and San Lorenzo tends to, to attack, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. So it, that's the interesting part, even if they put some some reserve players. Will be interesting. Shall really interesting. One other thing to mention that we forgot to mention before, I don't think we talked about it last week, um, was that there has been some discussion recently, as we did mention, um, about how the AFA are going to allocate the final spot for the Copa Libertadores in 2017 that they've been given as a result of the expansion of the Copa Libertadores. Sorry, didn't know that. Was computer. Um, apologies for the heart attack that you might have just had. <laughs> um, and it was announced, I think, last week um, that in an agreement between Conmebol and AFA, that place was going to go to the team who finished fifth in the last championship, which is a little bit unfair because that wasn't you know, the rule when the last championship was actually played, so they're kind of reversing it. But at the same time, it seems like the only practical solution, mm-hmm. short of um, making it winners and runners-up with the Copa Argentina, um, to do it. And the team who finished fifth in the last championship, it's, I don't think it's yet been completely and totally 100% definitively confirmed. Um, oh, yes, it has. Sorry, it has. Um that Atletico Tucumán therefore mm. are in Independiente made a sort of understandable um, fairly perfect no 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 I think it was fair because, <laughs> oh shut up because there were playoff places for the title and there was a playoff place for third for third place on the understanding that that playoff place was to separate Libertadores spots but so I think it's perfectly fair to, to ask for a playoff but at the same time after statutes tend to say that if you're going to have a playoff to just separate a position um, then it has to be held within 72 hours of the regular season ending that's oh, in so that's Atletico and Independiente played on the same weekend and Atletico played them off the park. Yes, exactly. That should have just been... Thing. It should have just said, like, should have right, that was the playoff. Done. Don't come to my <laughs> office not ever again, Uber. But that's the important it. thing... You will have that, right? The important thing... You will have that. Not playing the playoff. The important thing is that the plea of the seven times Libertadores winners 
um, was passed over and therefore Atletico Tucumán get to debut in the competition their first ever Libertadores participation which obviously is a story that um, we'd much rather have here on Handapod so congratulations Atletico Tucumán um, mm-hmm. and that I think is that for this week um, it has been pardon me needed a second to burp then <laughs> it has been a very short episode by our normal standards um, and a very convivial one gents so thank you all for it uh, thank you very much indeed listeners for listening please tell all of your friends and family about us and help to spread the word as usual we're coming up next month I think it is to six years in action Wow! Um, which really means that you're all far too tolerant of people talking complete drunken crap in your ears uh, once a week but thank you very much for supporting us during that time and for now it's goodbye and thank you or thank you and goodbye uh, from which in order should we do this in from Tony uh, thank you everybody see you next week from Jorge thank you everybody and uh, thanks for the invitation thank you for coming uh, thank you and goodbye from English Dan thank you and goodbye and thank you and goodbye from me gracias y adios adios